Welcome to the Misha All Access Podcast today. We are recording again from the Great Southern Bank Arena in Springfield, Missouri. It is Thursday morning. It's quiet here. We're in the early hours of Thursday, the beginning of our second weekend of the Show Me Showdown, our Missouri State High School Activities Association basketball tournament. We've got classes four, five, and six boys and girls this weekend. But this episode is a a recap of our first weekend. We had an incredible first weekend of our state basketball tournament classes one, two, and three boys and girls. Joining me today are some gentlemen who are going to help us recap and kind of relive some of the moments and the statistics and some things that happened last weekend. Doug Fessler, Assistant Executive Director in charge of the sport of basketball. Good morning, Doug. Good morning. Thank you. Doug, you get to sit down for a minute. I know. This is nice. Yeah. Just yeah. enjoy the quiet. Jason West, our Director of Communications. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. Nice uh, calm before the storm. That's right. And joining us, a, a guest today, the Executive Director of the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association, Denny Hunt. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here. We're in your hometown, Denny. Oh, absolutely. We love it here. Yes, yes. Okay, so last weekend, we started the, the weekend off with Class 1 boys and girls on Thursday of last weekend. Let's just start with Class 1 boys. They were the first ones. Doug, you want to give us kind of a rundown sure. of what happened in the Class 1 boys? Sure. We had some really good games to start out with, exciting games. Jefferson, I believe Jefferson South Iron started it off. And overall, South Iron came away with the uh, with the victory, their third in a row down here. They played great, won another title. They just keep reloading down there in South Iron. And then in the third place game, Jefferson ended up defeating Glasgow over in Hammond Student Center. On the girls' side, Meadville, they capped an undefeated season. You don't see it very often. I think it was 31-0. Captured their second title, while uh, Jefferson girls, um, they were both here, boys and girls, they captured third place as well. Okay, Jason, what you got any special uh, information for us on Class 1, boys or girls? Well, I, I think we had a couple of very neat storylines. We talked about South Iron winning three in a row. St. Elizabeth, who were the runner-ups this year, have also been to the Final Four, I believe, seven out of the last eight years. Wow. So they wow in the midst of a great run on the boy side uh, on the girl side we had meadville completing a, an undefeated season and uh, to become like i believe it's the 11th in the last 15 years so we've had uh, a few of those but still an accomplishment but also their coach steve carvajal uh, became a two-time state champion as he won a baseball state title back in 2011 at la plata so uh, now he has two different rings to talk about am i right denny that Steve Carvajal used to be at Clever, the superintendent? I, yes. Okay. Yes. He, and in uh, his retirement, he's moved to, to North Missouri. Absolutely. He, uh, he, he loves to coach, so he's, he's made that move, and, and, and we're glad that uh, he's done that. He's coaching his daughters, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's always, there's always that reason, <laughs> and, you know, to make that move. Well, and, and you know, our coaches, and, and Denny, that's what you do is work with our coaches, and Many of the coaches, and this is going to kind of move to, I think, class three boys here in a moment. Many of the coaches have been here before, not necessarily the same teams, but I'm going to switch to class three boys in New Madrid County Central. Their coach was at their 10th. 10th state championship, is that correct? Somewhere it, in there, yes. Well, it's, and it's New Madrid County's fourth. Okay. okay so, but it's Coach McFerrin's ninth. Ninth. So, right. Yeah. It was his ninth. Okay. Yeah. See, I I like those old guys (laughs) winning these state championships. Jason, how many schools has he won championships with? I know uh, Charleston and Central 
those two. I, I yeah. can't remember the the rest mm-hmm. of his He was resume. at Kennet a while, too. I don't know if he won a championship there. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. I, I just happened to look it up yesterday but and saw that this will be his ninth. Of course, Coach Cookson from Scott County Central, he got 13. So, okay. Uh, but, yeah, I just, just had the two, I think, schools there for, for Coach McFerrin. Okay. Yeah, Charleston, I think, a long time. Yeah, yeah. So, Class 3, let's stick with Class yep. 3. And Jason, how about you give us some rundown here on the Class 3 boys and girls? Well, we had uh, a couple of neat storylines, obviously, with Central making it their way from the southeast side of the state. You know, had a, a little medical incident right before the game uh, with one of their assistant coaches, and the, the boys were able to, to play through that and, and kind of win one for the Gipper there. And Which he's doing uh, well now, by the we way. We have so, an update. Yeah. And then on the, on the girls' side, we had three schools that were pretty much considered southwest area schools and all playing each other in the final four with Fairgrove winning their first ever state title in any sport yeah. with the two-point win over the returning champion, El Dorado Springs. And I had heard that, Denny, maybe you can talk a little bit more, that was it Fairgrove's first championship game as well? Oh, I, they've never been here, to my knowledge. They've never been? No. Okay, okay. I, I, mean, I hope I'm not mistaken on that, but that's that's my understanding, and it's the first ever, and and uh, maybe as girls, maybe the first Final Four. Yeah. Okay. That, I think that was my understanding as in any sport, and not other than never won, they've never been there. So right, really, really special. That's no. pretty incredible. Well, it's a great story, you know. It, you know, they 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 beat some good teams on the way here, and and then what they were able to do when they got here was incredible. Well, anyone coming out of Southwest Missouri is going to beat good teams on their way here. Uh, <laughs> and three in Class 3 girls. We have certain classes, and, and Doug, you know mm-hmm. this, we have concentrations in mm-hmm. different classes. And for Class 3, there's a high concentration in Southwest Missouri. Class 2 as well. Yeah. But maybe not as many Class 1. We didn't have right. really the representation from Class 1. Really, when you look at, at enrollments in our schools and mm-hmm. state, it would be a cool graph to look at. We have really small schools in southeast, northwest, and even a little bit northeast. Not as small schools. Small schools, but not not extremely small in the southwest. So that's where we see a higher concentration in class two and class three. Right. And class three was really competitive all the way around most all the games. And uh, I know the boys' semifinals, you know, Thayer. Thayer was a great team and ended up losing the semifinals. Ended up winning the third place games, the third place game in a great game over in HSC. And then on the girls' side, I mean, you had Skyline there. I still call Skyline Southwest, even though they're a little further north of Southwest. <laughs> but, you know, Coach Cheek's uh, squad fell in the semifinals, but then just dominated in the third place game. And, yeah, the Southwest is definitely represented really well. In fact, you could argue that the concentration of most exciting games came out of Class 3, boys and girls. The, the Fairgrove-El Dorado Springs yeah. championship was incredible. Yeah. Crowd, huge crowd. Absolutely. Great um, environment. Yeah, it was just a great game, electric. But that Thayer-Lafayette County third-place boys game over in Hammond yeah. Student Center, first game of the day, yeah. 10 a.m., <laughs> and oh, my goodness. Yeah. It, it was, was. It was intense. Yeah, incredibly <laughs> yeah. intense. Well, even the the semifinal with Lutheran North and yeah. there was a one point game yeah. that came down to the last possession as well. So all all of those games were very competitive. Yes, and and it was a. a I I often tell people I I kind of prefer to watch games in Hammond Student Center because you can get to that atmosphere a lot faster. Right. <laughs> we were talking about this morning, even just Hearn Center versus Mizzou yeah. Arena. 
you get the the older style arenas that are have steeper sides. Yeah, it's more right. of a, they're more close, of a close to the action. Yeah. It it creates when you get good crowds in there and a really good game. It creates a, an incredible environment. Okay, let's talk class two girls and Tipton. First title for Tipton girls, and they've been right on the doorstep many times, and they finally got it done. Coach Culpepper, you know, great job. He ha- he has some dynamic players on the team. I believe one of them scored twenty five hundred points for a career. But they really controlled the game from start to finish, you know, and, and uh, you could tell they were on a mission, and, and they weren't undefeated. They played some bigger schools throughout the year, but his squad was well-seasoned. And then New Haven, they took control of the third-place game and captured that, and I don't remember how many times New Haven girls have been here. They, they brought a great crowd, though, and the, the Class 2 girls overall, they, they were great games. I mean, they were just intense, and, and that's what I love about this atmosphere. You know, Jen, you talked about being in, in Hammond Student Center. The crowds, we had great crowds last weekend and, and really brought a lot of excitement, you know, to even Great Southern Bank Arena. Yeah, and you talked about New Haven and Tipton. New Haven, Jason says, five times for okay. New Haven to All be right. in the Final Four girls. New Haven and Tipton, they weren't undefeated, right? And they come to where Meadville was, right? Yeah. Interesting fact about New Haven High School. Their conference, they have a 9 through 12 enrollment of 150 around there. The next smallest school in their conference is 330. Yeah. Their conference goes up to a school size of about 1,000. <laughs> so wow. New Haven is constantly competing against schools that are not even, they, they can't even get within twice of the rest of their conference. So that really creates an opportunity for them. When they get a, a pretty good team, they're testing themselves just even within their conference at all times. Tipton, similarly, they knew they had a good team coming up. They put their schedule together, and Denny, maybe you can talk about this a little bit. When a coach knows they've got a special team coming, right. you can keep the schedule, same old, same old, or you can do what Tipton did and, and challenge yourself during the season. Right. You know, you, you want the competition, and you want your kids to, to be in that environment where they have to compete. And if you go out and win by 15 and 20 every night, you know, you don't know how to win, really, when it comes down, you know, to it. And, you know, you're at the Final Four now, and it's a two-point game at halftime, and you're not used to that. So getting that competition is really good. It's good for kids, and it's good, you know, for the program, you know, for the for the people involved, you know, to play up like that. You know, and just like New Haven, I mean, that's a great – they compete every year yes. in that league. Yeah. You know, boys and girls. It's, it's really good for a program to be able to do that, Jim. Yeah, and some and some schools don't have that option based right. on geographic, all kinds of reasons. But when you when you can stretch yourself a little bit, when you know you've got a competitive team, it really pays off in the postseason. You know, some losses in the season, or some tough games, some tough losses, tend to tend to help a team. You know, grow and learn and learn how to deal with adversity a little bit. Yeah. Yes. One one thing on on Tipton again, it was kind of a revenge tour. They had class six schools on their schedule. They beat Jefferson City, things like that. Uh, their one loss, though, Bishop LeBlonde in January. So they were able to uh, avenge that one loss on, in the championship game. That's pretty cool. Okay, that was class two girls. For those of us in the office, and I think for a lot of folks in the state of Missouri, class two boys in 2023 was, was pretty special. There were a lot of things surrounding that class coming into the game. There was controversy. There was tragedy. They came to Springfield and really gave an incredible basketball tournament, but they also, that whole class, and I, and I'm, I mean the whole class, all four teams, 
really exemplified education-based athletics and and what what sports are really really about and it's people and relationships and and so anybody wants to start on class two boys fantastic is all i could say and and talking about class you know there was a lot of class there uh, uh, every game and we all know what salisbury has gone through or went through and and you know their coaching staff and and i can't imagine what that would be like i'm very fortunate i've never had that happen to me and for that to happen when it did happen and uh, for those kids to step up and their coaching staff to step up and their people at Salisbury. And, you know, it, it's just a fantastic story and, and very emotional. You know, and I had the opportunity to, to uh, help call the game. And, you know, we were emotional because it's just, it's just a great story. Yeah, yeah. For, for the listeners that don't know, Salisbury, which is a, a school, uh, a city, a town in, in northeast Missouri, north central Missouri, they had a, a starter, a junior starter, pass away early Monday morning of the week of the Final Four. It's devastating for a school to lose a, to lose a student, and it happens more often than I think a lot of people realize right, outside right. of education. But for, for having a, a, a basketball player, a starter, a well-known student, die two days after or three days after the team qualifies for the Final Four, right. it, was, uh, it, was a, it was a jolting experience for that community. But as the week went on, their area of the state has really reached out to them. I've heard that towns that they drove through on the way to Springfield shut down their own schools to come out they did. Uh, and rally around yes. them as they as they drove to to Springfield. And then, you know, their first round, their semifinal game was with Hartville, and Hartville really just embraced the moment to show their support for for that team in school. Doug, you want to talk a little bit about how Hartville set a tone right away in the class two boys. Yeah, I mean, Coach Reed reached out and said, hey, we want to do something special, and, you know, do you mind if we do this or this or this? And I just said, everything sounds great. Just, you know, let the Salisbury know and give them a heads up. Oh, I've already spoke with Coach Wyatt, you know, and just wanted to make sure it was all right. And So basically the kids wanted to have a shooting shirt with purple and then give it to each kid prior to the game, you know, at half court or whatever. And I think they did that. They ended up circling up, embracing each other, wishing each other good luck, and then, you know, dispersing and and playing a heck of a game. It was a heck of a game. (laughs) I mean, both semifinals Mm -hmm. were down to the wire, you know. And so that that started the tone. Plattsburgh did the same thing. They they had a a wristband that we approved for the games just with his his initials on it and and, uh, show their support. You know, it, it was just a great togetherness down here in support of Salisbury and, and it's, it's a team that I'm going to speak to real quick because they were for my 16 years at Harrisburg you know that's a rival for for where I was at and and there's been a lot of back and forth with Harrisburg and Salisbury but they had all got put aside for this you know and and unfortunately it brings something tragedy to, to maybe bring people together and towns together and but the way that everybody rallied the, the way that the team gathered themselves I mean that's that's really what's incredible is how the team handled themselves and Coach Wyatt, to be honest with you. I mean, I went into the interview, and I want to share this, and hopefully Coach Wyatt won't mind me doing it since it was in the interview room. But, and I won't say the, the name of the guy, but he reached out to a coach of coaching friend of his down in this area, and they practiced there. And, you know, he's just like, I'm just not sure how we're going to get through this. And, and that coach told him, and he said this, like I said in the interview, he said, Kenny, this is it's, it's a game. He goes, the game of basketball brought you all together. The game of basketball will end on Saturday for this team. But 
embrace the moment, you know, in the game because that's what you all should rally around. So he goes, that really kind of inspired, I think, all our kids and, and just kind of put everything in perspective for all of us that, yeah, it's a game, you know, and, and we're going to go out and play the game and, and really enjoy the moment. And, and they did, and, and it showed because, you know, it was back and forth, back and forth, and then all of a sudden that fourth quarter, call it what you will, and yep. I just got goosebumps again, but yep. when you score 20 points in both fourth quarters of each game, <laughs> that's called divine intervention or yeah. something. It was a great special moment for everyone after the game, too. It was, it was a great moment for his mom. First of all, Principia, also class act in yeah. the way they handled pregame in the championship game. And, and also, yeah, Salisbury's approach, the kids, the coaches, and then they set the tone for everybody else yeah. to be in the moment, accept the game, be with them. They modeled how everybody else was. Nobody else knew what to do, yeah. and they did it. They said, hey, let's, let's play basketball. Jason, you want to talk a little bit about, and, and maybe Jason and Denny, because the Misha TV broadcast captured the trophy ceremony, and it was, it was very special. Yeah, London's mom came down, and we knew during the medal presentation that we were going to announce his name, and someone was going to be accepting the medal. His mom was able to, to come down out of the stands and uh, stand in line, and the team definitely embraced her. And when his name was announced, just the the, the arena knew at that point. It was you know, a lot of people from Salisbury. I don't think anybody was in Salisbury on on that Saturday. They were they were here. I think that's correct. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, and so you know, a very loud ovation, standing ovation. Even in the media area, even the jaded and and scarred and sarcastic (laughs) media people in Section J said, you know, it's awful dusty up here. Um, They're down in the interview room wiping tears away. And then once all of that was done, we talked about Principia and and how they handled themselves. Jay Blossom, the head coach, everything that he had dealt with that that week on, on his side, too. Calmly, not making a spectacle out of it. Right. Walks across the floor. And, and gives her a, a big hug afterward and so it just it was a, a great ending to just some you know all the storylines involved with with the, the class two boys between Plattsburgh coming back for the the second time in school history Principia had never been there before Hartville a returning state champion and Salisbury having won back in 2013 and, and winning their second one for coach Wyatt so it was just an amazing run for for that class. Yeah, even reliving it, I'm having a hard time keeping it together right now. <laughs> that's 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 correct, huh? I, I don't envy you being on the mic at that time, Denny. Well, it was hard, and you know what? I think back about that uh, at that time, and and it's hard for me to talk about it now. To be real right. honest, it was an emotional time, and uh, you know, I, I guess I I could say I'm a believer. There there was something there that that. You know, these kids decided that they were going to do this. And, and a phrase we always say, well, that's what it's all about. Well, we've heard that all of our lives, right? But we look at this game and we look at the environment. We look at what happened with Hartville. We look at what happened with Principia. I mean, just on down the line. And it is what it's all about. Now, those kids just stepped up and, and, you know, made baskets when they had to. And it was just a, it, it was an emotional time. It really was. And, and uh, it was a great time to to be on the sideline for me 
you know, we're at least for me and you, Denny, and I know Doug, and I'll, I'm going to lump Jason into that. We're a bunch of kind of basketball geeks here. Right. Uh, but, you know, as you said, Denny, that's what it's all about. That's why we do what we do for all of our sports and activities, because occasionally kids and coaches and schools and communities have to step up in, a, in, in difficulty. And there's, there's a reason that they were able to do what they did and that's that's the fact that they've been practicing together every day correct since, since mm-hmm. the end of october they they have coaches who care about them they have adults in their schools who care about them their their families have traveled together to games they are a community every game was setting them up for this challenge that they didn't know they were going to have and yet they they rose to the occasion mm-hmm. I remember talking about a tragedy in my former school years ago and it talked about how, you know, coaches often run special, special situations at the end of practice, right? right. You're going to mm-hmm. the uh, two-minute drill in football or those kinds of things. Special situations that we want, you know, a good coach wants kids to have been in that position. We're down by one with, you know, 10 seconds to go. We're up by one with 10 sure, seconds to absolutely. go. Those kinds of things. So these things that happen, these unexpected tragedies, that's a special situation. And you, you can't, you can't, can't practice that. You can't simulate those. But what you have been doing is tapping in to, to that student and that, that team's potential. And when, when the going gets tough, and it was really tough, they stepped up and it was, it was really cool. And ironically, if you watch that game, watch back, they pulled away later in the fourth quarter. They changed defenses. You all remember that? <laughs> and went back to Kenny's 1-3-1 that, <laughs> that he's ran for years. Back to, you know, just the Absolutely, long time. bread and butter. Yes. And, and those kids know it like the back of their hand. And it, you could just tell they, everybody was flying everywhere and knew where to go. And, and that was it. Well, they, you know, Jim's point, they believe in one another. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what it all got down to. Right. You know, all the practice and all that. Yes, but they believed in one another. You know, the coaches believe in the players. Players believe in each other, and they trust each other. And coaches trust players. Players trust coaches. And it turned out to be a, just a, a, a great environment for a very, very tough situation. Yeah, and we celebrate Salisbury's win, but I can't say enough about all four of those teams mm-hmm. from Class 2 boys. That's right. Great games, great sportsmanship, great camaraderie. They just, they just took it. Any thoughts from first weekend that anybody else wants to share? I mean, I'll, I'll kind of talk about just the the fans. I want to thank all of them for coming out, and so really appreciate that. And, and it was, as you said, you all bring the energy, and even at at 10 a.m. when we have to, you know, start some of those games. And so thank you to all of them, and then the coaches, Kenny Seifert and I. Kenny is in charge of officials, and and you know we spoke on Monday when we got back. And we're like, every coach was tremendous. They, they really were and the sportsmanship they shown the leadership they shown on court off the court and just interacting with the officials Kenny said that was one of the best he can remember just as a, as a group and so we send them all a little message too because it, it does mean a lot and, and we thank him for that and so thank you coaches and, and thank you fans for for what you did that first weekend absolutely great environment I love the environment and I want to, to mention the officials as well you know, I got the opportunity to see a lot of games as as, as you did, and great officiated games. Mm-hmm. And you know, coaches are critical. I mean, they're just going to be. That's how it is. And and because yes, they want to win, well, I am. <laughs> uh, and that's why you know I can speak to yeah. this. I you know I can I can say that uh, 
it was great officiated games. Yeah. They did a great job, and you know, I, I just uh, I just can't say enough about the environment and, and the things that went on here last week. And I think we're going to have an episode on that, but there's a lot that goes into officiating Final Four. There, <laughs> they they have meetings. They're talking at halftime. They're doing all this thing, and and it was I I think the officiating was was great. But it's no accident. Those right. those yeah. guys and gals mm-hmm. are very well prepared. They take that responsibility oh. extremely seriously. I, I'm glad you said that, Denny. That was a good reminder of, of just Well, strong. they earned the right to be here. Yes. Uh, to start with, yes. we're talking about their body of work yes. uh, to get the opportunity to do this. And, yeah. and that's impressive. Yeah. And, and most, yeah. I will say with that too, most every call, everybody understands, one side's happy, one side's <laughs> not. And that's just the way it is, you know. and. Right. They, they have a tough job, and Kenny shows great leadership with, with all those leading them, and they do a great job. Jason, what are your thoughts? It, w- it was a very smooth weekend, at, like Doug said, across the board. Coaches dealing with officials and that communication, the coaches off the court you know, dealing with the media and, and all the various interviews that we run them through after games. It, it was just a, a really, really great weekend, and we were talking about the officials. It's amazing how serious they they do take this this is not just oh okay yeah i i I get to come to the final four that it's a great honor for them and how much it means to them when get that call and they're nervous just like the the kids are are. i can tell you that (laughs) i I watched a guy pace back and forth and i I won't mention his name i said what's wrong he goes i'm getting ready to go out there and do a championship game you know so so they they get nervous as well well we get a chance to speak to them on the sideline you know a little bit and and you can tell they're they're not real chatty right, you know they're, right. they're they're focused on their job and and uh, you know their smile and they and they're nice but you can tell they're they're there to, to do a job and, and i love it well it's been great kind of relive last weekend man we come home we get back in the office we get ready to do all the other things we need to do spring sports are going we're going to release class of districts it's go 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 i really enjoy just sitting down and and <laughs> and talking and thinking about last weekend a little bit Denny Hunt, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Jason West and Doug Fessler. I'm Jen Ruckstad, Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association, and this has been the MISHA All Access Podcast. This is Dr. Jennifer Ruckstad, the Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. Thank you for listening to the MISHA All Access Podcast and having an interest in Missouri high school activities and athletics. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Misha All Access podcast or any of the episodes in this podcast, please consider subscribing or liking with your favorite podcast provider. It helps other people find us, and we really appreciate you listening and supporting the Missouri State High School Activities Association.